So I am a diehard DC fanboy. I've always preferred the villains, the heroes, the world building, the writing, pretty much everything about DC when compared to Marvel. I even own this unironically, okay? But it is hard to deny that Marvel has undoubtedly bested DC in all things cinema since Nolan's Batman trilogy. But with The Flash, we had a new chance. It's apparently one of Tom Cruise's favorite movies ever. Side note, who keeps showing all these movies to Tom Cruise? What, what is, what's going on here? Anyways, when it was announced that The Flash would be covering one of the perhaps best multiversal storylines of all time, The Flashpoint Paradox, DC fans like myself were pretty stoked. I had high expectations for this one, even with the DC Cinematic Universe of it all. And to be honest, it wasn't the worst, except for the whole CGI department just dropping the ball for some reason. There were some great cameos, some fun enough world building, and honestly, like the first two thirds of the film were pretty decent. And most importantly, it really does cover one of the most important storylines in comic history, even if it's not the best telling of it. Flashpoint pins a response to one of the most important human questions we can ask. If you could go back and change things, would you? Jesus has an answer for if you even should. So let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith games and hoping that a real-life Barry Allen will go back in time to fix the CGI in this movie. I can fix things. I am your nerd pastor, Nate. If you like these weekly deep dives, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, as always, we're going to be starting this one with our scripture. Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. We're going to be reading from the NRSV UE. That's my preferred translation. It's what's going to be on the screen. Our guest liturgist today is one of our Level 2 members, Zando Calrissian. Take it away, now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can be my disciple if you do not give up all of your possessions. So for this one, I could talk about The Flash as portrayed in the 2023 film, but to be honest, it, it just wasn't the best version of this story. In fact, it kind of cut corners that to me were essential in the reasons that made the Flashpoint storyline as influential as it is. So I'm gonna kind of dance around like back and forth between the two and explaining the essence of what the Flashpoint paradox even is and how it works. Spoilers ahead for both of these movies, only one of which is ultimately worth your time in my opinion. One thing is true between the two films, and it's also the most important tie to this sermon. The story starts because of The Flash, otherwise known as Barry Allen. Hello, Barry. I'm Barry. Well, Barry. Barry's origin story is that his mother is murdered, and his father is erroneously charged and then imprisoned for that crime. Years later, Barry is a forensics employee with the Central City Police Department and is doing some kind of mysterious experiments late at night during a thunderstorm. Lightning then strikes the lab and the mixture of bizarre chemicals in Barry's particular situation gives Barry the power to run really, really fast. 
This speed certainly has its pros and cons. The one con is that it requires a huge amount of energy. And so the Flash canonically must eat like all the time with later iterations having some kind of like super calorie nature valley bar that allows him to not always have to be eating. Although Ezra Miller's Flash for some reason decides to go the Sonic the Hedgehog route and has him just always kind of eating gross out food like burritos and hot dogs, whatever. The arguably biggest pro of Barry's abilities as a speedster are that he can move so fast that he can access something known as the ominous and mysterious Speed Force. This is a bizarre portal to other dimensions, times, spaces. Essentially, it allows Barry to become a time traveler whenever he accesses it. This leads to Barry experiencing a real conundrum of factors. He now has the ability to travel back in time and save his mother's life. But should he? Shouldn't he? Why? Why not? This is the paradox presented in the film. In the 2023 version of The Flash, Barry makes the choice to save his mom and knows about it. I went back in time to save my parents. In the classic Flashpoint paradox, Barry forgets his mistakes and doesn't learn about it until the final plot twist. What did you do to the world? I didn't do any of it. <laughs> you did. One of the many arguable mistakes of the latest iteration of the story, again, in my opinion. Now for another similarity between the stories. Whenever Barry goes back and changes things to save his mother, literally everything in the future must change as according to the butterfly effect theory. I completely broke the universe. The Flash doesn't go quite hard enough and leans too heavily into cameos here, bringing back Keaton's Batman. I'm Batman and introducing us to Kara Supergirl instead of Cal Superman. My name is Kara. This also brings back the Man of Steel villain Michael Shannon's General Zod. This world must die. Since Cal wasn't around to do his thing in the classic Snyder flick in this universe. In the true telling of Flashpoint, Barry doesn't know his mistake and instead goes to sleep one night in the usual Justice League DC storyline and wakes up the next morning in a post-apocalyptic war between three nations made up of his former Justice League members. Let's get into it. Basically, Aquaman sunk most of Europe to make his nation. The Amazonians took over some of the world under Wonder Woman. Then Wonder Woman and Aquaman have an affair. Yes, really. And Mira finds out, confronts Wonder Woman, whom kills Mira. Aquaman is furious, goes to war with the Amazonians, essentially starting World War III. While Cyborg and the United States government are colluding to use this moment to wipe out both superpowers. See how much more interesting that is. Barry then works with a reclusive Batman who is mostly uninvolved in all of this affair and is also Bruce Wayne's dad, Thomas, in this universe. So similar to the Keaton story, but again, just heavier all around. Together with this new Batman, everything goes wrong. The world goes to hell in a handbags. Basket. Together with this new Batman, everything goes wrong. The world goes to hell in a handbasket. Everyone we know basically dies. And Barry then learns that it is in fact not a plot by Professor Zoom. Turn the world into a living hell moments away from destruction. And I'm the villain? But instead, this has all been caused by Barry's own actions when he saved his mother in a forgotten fugue state. Do you see how much more interesting that is. Now, both of these movies do ultimately end in similar ways, with Barry being forced to come to terms with his mother's death in order to undo the mistake that he has ultimately made. The true difference between these two films ending is that like most superhero movies of the past decade, The Flash ends on a pretty positive note with a star-studded cameo, which is fun. But the Flashpoint ending is one of solemn and harsh truth. The future for Barry is one of knowing that he made an incredibly tough choice. It's not a happy ending. It's just an ending. In the end, Barry has to lose because for Barry to get the past he wants, everyone else has to lose. But the truth of the traumatized hero, as evidenced by both Batmans in both movies, is that their scars are ultimately what make them who they are, which is a sermon for another time, pretty problematic for a Christian worldview. I digress. It is in this ending that we find our connection to our scripture. So let's take a look at the words of Jesus in Luke's gospel. Jesus is traveling with a large crowd of folks who are following him and he begins to share a message with them. If you follow me and don't hate your father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, even your own self, then you can't be my disciple. 
Whoa, what? Hang on. Jesus, we're going too fast. Pedal to the metal. I've read the Bible. Literally, honor your mother and father are like one of the important commandments. What is going on here? Jesus continues, if you don't carry your cross, you cannot be my disciple. Recall that Jesus hasn't been crucified at this point. So this message doesn't really like make sense. They're probably still confused. So Jesus keeps on. Consider this. If you're building something, don't you first sit down and figure out if you have the materials and time to build it. If you don't, you have a half-built project and everyone is going to mock you. Or a more serious example, if you're a king waging war, wouldn't you consider how big of a nation you're fighting first? And then if you aren't capable of standing against it, don't you negotiate peace? Because if you don't, do you know what's going to happen? After these two examples, Jesus wraps it up with a neat little bow. You cannot be my disciple if you don't give up all of your possessions. Let's start with the end because odds are that probably felt like a bit of a non sequitur. Jesus has literally just told people to give up everyone they love and then he mentions possessions. What's going on here? The truth is that the people in our lives are our possessions in a weird sort of way. While we don't literally own the other person, what we do own is our relationship with that person. Ultimately, we see our relationships as a kind of thing that is ours. I am a husband. I am a father. I am a son. I am a brother. I have these people in my life and I would do a whole lot for them. Jesus is telling these disciples that to be a true disciple, we have to know the cost of discipleship. We have to understand what this cost is. We have to know how much it takes to do this thing to the fullest, hence his two examples. And then he explains what the cost is. Everything. It's literally putting the cross of Jesus above every single other thing, ultimately even over our very selves. This can sometimes lean into a kind of utilitarian approach. Oh, Jesus means I need to do the greatest good. But that's not quite it either. It's actually an acknowledgement that I need to empty myself of myself and do the Jesus good, not the greatest good for people. Jesus good is specific. In Methodism, the father of Methodism, John Wesley, has a way of capturing these expectations of discipleship in the lives of Christians. He did this by asking a series of self-examining questions. Am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I'm better than I really am? In other words, am I a hypocrite? Am I honest in all of my acts and words, or do I exaggerate? Do I confidentially pass on to another what was told to me in confidence? Can I be trusted? Am I a slave to dress, friends, work, or habits? Am I self-conscious, self-pitying, or self-justifying? Did the Bible live in me today? Do I give it time to speak to me every day? Am I enjoying prayer? When did I last speak to someone about my faith? Do I pray about the money I spend? Do I get to bed on time and get up on time? Do I disobey God in anything? Do I insist upon doing something about which my conscience is uneasy? Am I defeated in any part of my life? Am I jealous, impure, critical, irritable, touchy, or distrustful? How do I spend my spare time? Am I proud? Do I thank God that I am not as other people, especially as the Pharisees who despised the publican? Is there anyone whom I fear, dislike, disown, criticize, hold a resentment toward or disregard? If so, what am I doing about it? Do I grumble or complain constantly? And finally, is Christ real to me? I'm going to drop these questions down below. I would encourage you to give them a look. And for bonus points, consider even working through them for yourself, especially if you define yourself as a Christian. The truth of this call to Jesus and the call of discipleship is that it is ultimately one of sacrifice. It's a call to give up yourself, your time, and enter into something else entirely. It doesn't mean becoming a shell of a person or giving up on your interests or hobbies or passions. It is instead a call to living to the fullness of the Jesus good within you already by focusing your sights on this unified call. This is also the truth of the Flashpoint ending. Barry doesn't have a bad ending because he allows his mother's death to prolong. Instead, he has to accept that the future is actually 
what matters. How he handles the days going forward is what really matters in the end. That's Jesus's answer to the time travel question. Jesus literally knew what was to be, but the passion of the crucifixion happens and the future matters. It matters because we're here today and we are called to a life of discipleship whenever we're ready to take it. With all this in mind, what does this mean for us today? I really do hope you will consider working through those questions down below. It's tough to wrestle with what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Fortunately, we're in a community of people asking these important questions with specific attention to how do we do these things as nerds that also happen to be Christians? Do we possess these hobbies and passions of ours or are we giving them away freely to the cause of Christ? In the height of the satanic panic, the church misinterpreted our nerdy things as those that are worthy of being burned to avoid. But as Checkpoint, we believe that these things are instead capable of drawing us deeper into discipleship and should be understood not avoided. In the same way that we don't burn our fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, families, and selves, we instead are just putting our call to discipleship above those things. So too should we put our call to discipleship above our nerdy passions. We don't cast them away. Instead, we seek out ways for Jesus to be made more full in those relationships. It's a tough thing to discern, but fortunately, we're doing it together, and we'd love to have you join alongside us in this too. Because remember, whether you're a DC fan, a Marvel fan, or just love a good superhero film, know that you're always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. Folks, thank you so much for watching this video. I so appreciate taking time out of your busy days to join us on these nerdy deep dives each week. If you want more of what Checkpoint Church is doing, we are streaming every single Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday over on Twitch. Or if you want more right here, right now, you can join our Discord. I'll link both of those down below. Our Discord is constantly active. We have people getting lunch together, listening to music together, playing games together. We're doing all sorts of stuff there. I'd highly recommend you check it out. And hey, if you watched this far into this video, odds are you probably liked this one. So be sure to let me know that this is one that you particularly enjoyed by clicking that thumbs up button. I really do check those and we make future nerdy sermons and content based off of the videos that do the best here, so let me know. If you're looking for more videos to watch just like this one, I can recommend some other nerdy sermons. First up, we have Trigun. If you want another kind of look-before-you-leap character like Barry Allen, then I think Bash does a pretty good job of that. Or you could go watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners and our video on that one, talking about sort of hopeless situations in a hopeless post-apocalyptic place. It's a great story. Or you could go and watch our video on another DC flick, The Batman, in which we kind of analyze how that movie presents Bruce and the Bat and all of the conflicts of those two characters living in one body at a time. Quick question for you, by the way. Who is your favorite DC hero? I am a bat stan through and through. I just can't help but love Bruce and love all the things he does. I just, I, I'm, I'm diehard. With that, we're gonna end this one as we always do with our three things that we believe about every single one of you out there. Regardless of whether I believe in God, don't believe in God, go to church, don't go to church, hate God, hate church, we still believe these three things to be true about every single one of you out there. Number one, believe that God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you, we want community with you. That's what we're doing here on YouTube and Twitch and Discord. And then number three, believe that you, yes, you matter. You are a person of sacred worth. The world is a better place, why? Because you are in it. Folks, with that, and until the next time that I see you, whether it be tomorrow on Twitch, right now on Discord, or same time, same place here on YouTube next Sunday for another of these nerdy deep dives. I look forward to seeing you then. Bye-bye!